Well, friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show uh, where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also presenter of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Now this week we've been following the theme, the Bible, the media uh, in a post-biblical culture. (laughs) This has been an interesting and interesting uh, week. We've really had some great discussions. Uh, This week we started on uh, Monday by talking about do biblical Christians have a media problem and uh, really appreciated uh, all that Will and Eric uh, shared with us on Monday. Yesterday, do the scriptures speak to a media-obsessed age? Uh, And today, uh, we're really going to go into a, a challenging subject. What about mild violence and soft porn? Uh, now look folks if you'd like to make a commitment if you'd like to ask a question if you'd like to give some feedback to uh, something that we uh, we share today uh, you can do that by using our our text number you can't ring us here at the studio but you can certainly text us the number is 04888811048880811 and folks if you don't have our faith fm app then you are missing a really good thing why not go to your favorite app store and uh, simply uh, do a search for Faith FM Australia. You need to include that Australia otherwise you'll get the American version. You want to hear Australian voices. You don't want to hear American voices. If you go to your favourite app store download Faith FM Australia uh, onto your phone uh, and then you can pick us up and you'll get beautiful reception everywhere you go. We're a low power FM station, which means sometimes in some areas uh, our our signal does fade in, does fade out just uh, just a little bit. But if you do it through your uh, through your phone, uh, you get perfect reception everywhere uh, you go. Now, to guide us through our discussion today, uh, I'm actually joined by Lindy Sparing. Now, our regular Wednesday co-host, of course, is uh, Pastor David Butcher. Unfortunately, he's away on itinerary uh, at the at the present time, and he does send his apologies. Uh, but in replacing David, we have uh, Lindy, and uh, Lindy is the Prayer Ministries Leader and the Resource Centre Director uh, of uh, uh, of our church, of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, right here in South Oz, and Welcome to you, Lindy. Hello, Pastor Gary. Lovely to be here again. Thank you. Uh, it's wonderful to have you in the studio. Spring is almost here. Just one more sleep, I understand. Fantastic. And uh, spring is going to, going to hit us here in a big way. I believe the jacaranda trees are going to be amazing this year. I can I can believe it. I love jacaranda trees. I think they are they are a, they are a beautiful uh, tree. Absolutely. I, the rest of the year they look rather ho hum, scraggly, uh, a bit scraggly, scraggly, a bit scraggly. The rest of the year, mm-hmm. but at uh, in springtime they are an absolutely magic uh, they tree. They dress up for spring. That's for sure. Uh, they certainly do. They certainly do. In fact, I know uh, I, I certainly attended many years ago uh, the Avondale now the Avondale University, and on that campus there, there's a huge number of uh, jacaranda trees. I don't know who printed um, uh, went and planted them all, all those years ago, but springtime is really something because uh, uh, those trees come out and uh, yeah. uh, that uh, 
that purple really uh, really makes uh, makes its mark. Uh, now, look, uh, we we do have so much to talk about today, but before we come to our topic of the day, what I'd like to do is just come to a uh, uh, to our World Watch segment, and we're moving fairly quickly uh, quickly today. Uh, now, this is an article that I got off the Premier Christian News. Now, Premier Christian News is one of the major religious news sites based in the in the UK, and uh, it's reflecting on a study that was released just a matter of a couple of days ago. And uh, I know that uh, you come with a a background in uh, in as an aged care. Uh, chaplain, and of yes. course, this one uh, is one that deals with that subject of death. So I thought, well, who better to actually talk about this uh, this particular <laughs> subject? With uh, the, it was entitled uh, "More People Likely to Seek Communication with a Dead Relative." A recent study finds, and this was released just two days ago. A recent study conducted by the Pew Research Center, a think tank based in Washington, reveals that over half of individuals claim to have had contact with a deceased relative. The study, which was published just last week, also uncovers that individuals categorized as moderately religious have encountered visits from deceased family members either through dreams or other forms. 44% of those surveys uh, surveyed uh, reported experiencing at least one of three situations in the past year. Firstly, uh, sensing the presence of a deceased family member. Secondly, talking to a late relative about their life. Or thirdly, having a deceased family member communicate with them. Now, this is 44%, which is a huge percentage of, of people surveyed. The survey was carried out amongst members of the American Trends Panel administered by the Centre uh, between March and April. The responses encompassed a wide range of Americans of all religious backgrounds, including Buddhists, Jews and Muslims. Now, you know, when I read this, I sort of thought, "Hey, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, this is going. This type of article is going to influence so many people uh, because it appears to indicate that communication with the dead." Is actually possible now. Look, you've functioned as a as a chaplain in in aged care. Look, how do you respond to this type of article? I suppose the same way as I respond when I come across people who talk to me, and I have had people within our own church, Pastor Gary, talk to me about from their culture. It's a very common thing to try to make some um, communication, if you like, with the deceased. When when I've come across people in aged care, they'll say there might be a, a, a medical person or a nurse saying, oh, yes, just before they died, their faces lit up and they, they said, I can see this relative and I can see that relative in the kingdom. I've had experiences like that. I've had other people tell me that they've tried to contact people who have deceased. I've had other people tell me that when they've been uh, left alone by their spouse, They've had visits in the night. Mm. And so I've come across all of these situations. And, and out of respect, Pastor Gary, I don't sort of hit them over the head necessarily yeah, with a, yeah, yeah. A, a text from the Bible that says <laughs> yeah, the dead yeah. know nothing and other scriptures that tell us that people have died. But I do try to point out to them that there could be another reason for that feeling of a, a deceased family member being close mm, to them. Mm, mm. And I also do know of... Some young people, Pastor Gary, who've got involved with 
certain spiritual games yeah. and have yeah. ended up very, very oppressed and unwell. And, and this is something that is actually quite dangerous, isn't it? You know, this it whole, uh, particularly, you know, I think of, you know, young people who have, you know, been become involved with things like the Ouija board, you know, That's and, right. uh, you know, they're talking to the supposedly the spirits of, uh, of the dead. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I look at that, I turn around and say, hey, this is incredibly dangerous because many of them don't actually realize what it is they're getting themselves into. At first, they're not aware. And I've come across some people, Pastor Gary, who've, who've gone down this path with deceased relatives, yeah. um, with Ouija board games. And, and more often than not, Pastor Gary, their experience becomes very dark. Yeah. They often become very depressed. They become wanting to self-harm. They become suicidal. They come, become anxious and frightened. Mm-hmm. And so I think... It's important for people to understand that the Bible does say that when a person dies, they're dead and they know nothing. Mm. So what is it that is... In other words, there is actually... I mean, Scripture also talks about we battle not against um, flesh flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You know, the, The Scriptures assume that there are other principalities and other powers that are actually involved... Uh, in the in the workings of our world, you know, one of the things that I'm just really conscious of is that uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, it's actually the story of uh, uh, God's people, the Israelites, that were coming into the uh, to the land of uh, uh, the land of Canaan, and of course, the reason that the people in that land were being dispossessed, and God clearly states this in another place, was because they were going, they were doing some abominable practices, including even human sacrifice of their own children mm. and uh, when you understand what was actually going on on you understand why God chose to dispossess these people but when he uh, when God's people went into the land this is what God said and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 18 when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations there shall not be found amongst you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire they're talking there about human sacrifice mm. Uh, or one who practices a witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist. For all these things are an abomination to the Lord and because of these abominations the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless, says the the Lord, the Lord your God. And you know, to me, here we've got God instructing his people saying, hey, this, uh, this uh, communication with spirits mm. is not okay. No, no, it's not okay. And people who call up the dead. And when people travel down this path, as I said, I've seen them become not what God would want them to be. I don't think a lot of people fully understand what they're getting involved in. And yeah. even amongst Christians, a lot of Christians are involved in certain games and other things that they're doing yeah. that are perhaps they might say, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with it. But yeah. it can lead them down that pathway. And I don't know about you, Pastor Gary, but I don't want to have anything to do with spirits in 
power. I want to have everything yeah, to do with yeah. God. And, and, you know, this is why, I mean, this week we're actually talking about the media, you know, and the the impact of the media. And there's so many different areas we could focus on. We're focusing on a couple of different ones today. But, you know, one of the things I'm so conscious of is that uh, in increasingly you're finding the supernatural, you're finding horror yes. uh, coming into the, the media genre. In fact, it's a, it's a genre on its own now. It's a standalone. And uh, in, within that genre, uh, you're actually getting a lot of the, the supernatural being presented. And to me, I think what uh, what the scriptures are abundantly clear on is whatever you do, don't get involved uh, with the uh, with the with the supernatural in any way. And to me, that's certainly got to include the whole the whole area of uh, of media and uh, you know Hollywood uh, filmology. Yes. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, and uh, and similar, uh, I think of video g- gaming uh, that I know that I've certainly spoken to people people yes. about in that area. Another mm. huge area uh, that is uh, having a negative impact uh, on the lives of so many people. And I think if people could say, if they have lost a loved one, don't try to contact them, and if they find some body or a sense of presence if they call out the name of jesus that yeah. presence yeah. will normally go yeah 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 that's and uh, that's that's a bit of a test isn't it for what it, 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 it certainly what it really is. is it certainly is that's because ex- if um you call out the name of jesus and you trust in him and that and that presence um that isn't your loved one because they'll go yes exactly exactly look let's come to some music uh, this is uh, uh, Gavin Chatillier, uh and uh, it's uh, he's singing as water uh, to the th- thirsty this is a really uh, really beaut song uh, please uh, please enjoy uh, this uh, his rendition Freedom after bondage 
is uh, Gavin uh, Shatley here, and uh, he's singing as water uh, to the thirst. And indeed, that's exactly uh, what the what the Lord God is, as water to the thirsty. Now, folks, look, this week we're uh, featuring a really uh, special book. This is a real little beauty. Uh, this week's uh, book, this week's giveaway is entitled Values-Led Lives. How does Jesus want us to think and act uh, and more importantly, how can you have the power to think and act the way Jesus Christ would have you think and act? It's entitled Values-Led Lives. How does Jesus want us to think and act? Uh, now, look, guys, uh, this is something that uh, if you're interested in this subject of, uh, of dealing with the media in a post-biblical world, then this is the book that you really need uh, to, uh, to, to grab hold of. Now, uh, this book is uh, uh, you can obtain this book by simply texting us. Now, our studio uh, text number is 04888 808 80811 and all you need to do is to put into the code, put a code into your text. Just five digits is all you need to put into your text. It's just SA133, SA133. No gap between the SA and the 133 because this actually goes through to our robot. Uh, we call him Faithful. Uh, and he does a marvelous uh, job. Um, but our robot is not one of those expensive robots. This is a cheap robot. This is an El Cheapo. And uh, that means that uh, if he sees a gap between the SA and the 133, he doesn't know what's going on. Uh, so uh, just SA 133, five digits in a, in a row. That'll come through to us. It'll go through to, to Faithful. Faithful will come back uh, to you. Uh, he'll ask you just a, a couple of uh, a couple of questions. And uh, yes, and they're coming from a robot. And, uh, he will, um, he'll get some information, uh, off you, uh, so that, uh, we can, uh, give this, uh, give this book to you in the fastest uh, way, way possible. That's, uh, simply your, uh, your name, your phone number and your, uh, and your address. Uh, now, uh, the book again is Values Led Lives. How does Jesus, uh, want us to think and act and how is it physically possible in the world in which we live? Uh, that uh, drive time text number again is 04888 80811 and uh, the code again is SA133. One SA one three three. You'll love uh, this uh, this particular book. Now, folks, also, if you've got any comments or questions that you want to uh, throw in about uh, this particular subject, please feel free to also use that uh, number o four triple eight eight o eight eleven and uh, send us those uh, those comments or those those thoughts. Uh, they do come directly to our desk here and uh, in. To the screen in front of uh, in front of me, and uh, we uh, we won't share your 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 name, uh, but uh, we'd love to share any comments that you may have uh, with our uh, with our listening audience. Now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary, and uh, guiding us through our discussion today is Lindy Sperring, and Lindy is the Prayer Ministries Leader and Resource Centre Director uh, of the Seventh Day Adventist Church right here in South Oz. Now, now this week's folks, we've been following the theme: the Bible and the media in a post-biblical culture, and this has been a a really uh, interesting uh, sub. 
subject. Uh, this has really caught the attention of so many people. Uh, this week, uh, we've asked on, on Monday, do biblical Christians have a media problem? And yesterday, uh, do the scriptures speak to a media-obsessed age? And today, we want to move into that subject. What about mild violence and soft porn? Now, Lindy, this is a this is a huge subject. I almost don't know where to start, but let me just uh, start by just sharing just a little story, if I if I possibly can. You know, I, I well remember uh, when I was a little tacker. Although I'm a fairly tall fellow, so it's probably been a long time since I was a little tacker. When I actually uh, saw, you know, I first encountered my first pornographic image. Mm-hmm. I can I can actually remember to this day now uh, where where that was. You see, uh, I was in probably upper high school at uh, at that time and uh, we were in the uh, in the upper level locker room mm-hmm. with a uh, with a group of similar age uh, similar age boys now uh, in some way I, to this day I don't know how one one of the lads managed to get hold of what was a, well it was a 19 it was in the 1970s so it was a fair way fair way back he'd been able to pick up a a, a playboy magazine that had recently been been published uh, now uh, he, he he certainly shared that freely around the uh, around the locker room at, at that time uh, now as I as I think back on that experience that is the first recollection I ever have of seeing a pornographic image and yet today, if uh, th- there are people out there who collect Playboy magazines from the 1960s and 70s because they find it quite funny because they uh, they find this as being well this is this barely qualifies as pornographic in the world in which we're living today. In fact, uh, today that would be regarded as very soft uh, porn. Uh, what uh, certainly came into the boys' locker room all those years ago. Now, uh, tell me. Today we've, Lindy, we've got the, got the internet. Everything's moved on to such a, a huge extent. Even primary school students have got, uh, are being impacted, uh, by, by pop-ups, by, uh, by, by issues that certainly when, when I was a student, you know, before, prior to the internet, simply were non-existent. You know, in those days, in order to, to get the, Playboy magazine, uh, we had to, you know, go into the news agent. It was stored, uh, under the, under the counter and you had to say That's something right. like, you know, Joe sent me and, uh, some sort of a code word. And, uh, as a result, uh, you could, and then if you were over 18, uh, you could then get the, uh, the Playboy, uh, magazine. Of course, today, how easy it really is. Now, of course, to, today we're just sort of talking, Mild violence, soft porn. The reason that I suppose we've chosen this subject is because this is something that I believe even many Christians have become familiar with. Is there a problem with it? Is there a problem? Earlier in the year I heard Melinda Tankard Reist. She's an author, speaker, social commentator, and she's a campaigner for Collective Shout. And Collective Shout have had some wins in that they've objected to women in, you know, skimpy clothing. They've had 
billboards pulled down, inappropriate clothing for children, violent games banned and other forms of sexualized advertising halted. So there is a group out there, Pastor Gary, mm, mm. that are concerned about the things that are going on in society. As I think back to my own childhood, my was a, I'm the daughter of a car dealer and you would go down to the workshop where the men service the cars mm. and there'd be girly calendars. Mm. So that's probably my first exposure myself to these girly calendars. And, well, of course, it wouldn't interest me really at all. And I just thought that's perhaps what guys did. You yeah, know, yeah, I didn't, yeah, yeah, didn't know yeah. any better. I mean, you've used that term soft porn. I actually think there's probably no such thing. I think it's all... You know, it's on a continuum, yes, and some is, isn't as um, blatant. blatant as others. But at the end of the day, it's still um, sexualizing and it's still degrading in some ways. And, you know, when this Melinda Tankard-Rice spoke, she'd had her own difficult experiences and, and she said the one thing that she found is that her family and friends couldn't understand her views on anti-porn. They can't understand why she's against it, but she'd experienced in her life what happened when her husband was involved in that. In other words, she was saying it's been normalised to such an extent that even the average man in the street, uh, woman in the street, doesn't actually recognise what is uh, appropriate and what is... uh, The the line has actually been blurred to that extent. And and what you said before about children being have access on their phones is yeah. it's incredible what they're able to watch if it's not monitored and yes it can be monitored and she was saying they're going into schools and the sorts of things that are going on for children in schools is very disturbing where where sometimes boys are uh, saying things to girls and, and making inappropriate noises yeah, around because yeah, they're being yeah, exposed yeah. to all sorts yeah, of things so yeah. you know we're talking about this media that has perhaps no principles Ah, now I think you really nailed something there. Could it be that we've actually got a media that no longer has any any principles at all? It's sort of a free for all uh, out uh, out there. Uh, you know, to me, uh, and let me just share another story that certainly I came uh, that I experienced as a uh, as a church pastor, and I'll and we'll come back to this in in just a moment because I and we're going to pick up more on it tomorrow, but. Um, some time ago, I was actually asked to uh, uh, to speak to a group of university students, uh, and uh, the subject we were uh, we were I was asked to talk about was the whole issue of video gaming. Now, this is about ten years ago now, so it's a little bit out of out of date. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I thought, well, I don't know very much about video gaming. I don't play it myself. I don't even know what the games are. So, but I said, yeah, all right, okay, I'm I'm, I'm in for a, an interesting uh, discussion, and. Uh, uh, I uh, I well remember going and doing doing my my homework. I actually didn't play the games, but uh, I went to the uh, to the research, the reviewers, the people who have done the reviews on the uh, on the most frequent games that had come out. And uh, I I learnt three or four of the the key games that were very popular at that particular point in time. I um I, I well remember we went along to the to the university um, discussion. It was on a Friday night, and uh, we had a great discussion. And I, I, one of the things I said. To the uh, uh, to the uh, to the young people there, I said, "Look, um, I said, how many of you have actually played?" And I named the games of that of that particular era, and. Uh 
virtually to a man. One or two hadn't, but most of them had played the games. Now, one particular game at the upper levels allowed rape to take place within the uh, within the you know the gaming technology, and I said, how many of you actually realise that uh, you could do that? Uh, they all knew, yeah. Um, how do you handle that? That was a really interesting discussion. Mm. Now, the really significant thing, however, was that the very next day, of course, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, so that meant on Saturday or the Sabbath for, for, for me, uh, we, uh, I went along to, uh, to preach at my, at my church, and uh, one of the parents came to me uh, who was, uh, was a parent of one of the university students, but also a parent of, the, uh, of, the, uh, of some younger children. And they said this to me. They said, we have the, the equivalent of a thing called Sunday school, Sabbath school, we, we call it. Uh, and uh, they said to me, they said, uh, Gary, would you come along and just talk about what you talked about last night to my teen class? Now, we're talking uh, 14, 15, 16-year-old uh, people. Now, I sort of thought, whoa, you know, I mean, I'm not really sure I want to do that. Mm. Um, and anyway, my, my, my team leader convinced me. So I, so I went along and we, we sat down and I, I talked, I talked and uh, about it wasn't quite as, as deep as I had with the, uh, uh, with the uh, university students. But, um, um, I, I said to them, I said, how many of you have played? And I named the, the games that I, I the, I'd read the reviews on and uh, they, uh, they shared with me and uh, uh, all but two people had played those games. I said to them, do you understand what you can do at the upper levels? And they did. They all understood what could occur at the upper levels. They understood that rape was possible at the upper levels of a particular game. Now, um, the significant thing to me was that the parents didn't know. Now, to me, Very this this is one of those issues that we're going to actually talk about this issue more tomorrow, but I'm so conscious that this is impacting not just uh, not just our um, uh, our adult world, but it's also impacting our our childhood of we, our children. But anyway, I'm taking I'm taking no, I'm over your job. When, when you took over, when you talked about Playboy back in the 70s and girly car- calendars that I saw, you know, it's sort of just the beginning of this of yeah. this journey yeah. where almost everything goes. Like we still have ratings on movies, yeah. rated G, PG, and everything else. And I don't just want to get stuck down talking about porn because we want to talk about violence as well. Yeah. Because to me, violence isn't just um, about bullying or sexual harassment or psychological mistreatment. It's or overbearing partners or spouses. I, I want to add language to that. Yeah. <clears throat> when I walk down the street, <clears throat> I hear words that to me are violent. That yeah. person may not be speaking them in a violent way necessarily, mm-hmm. but they are violent words. Mm-hmm. And so everything that we've, um, you know, you can talk about societal things that people in society don't really want to be attacked mm-hmm. in any way. Mm-hmm. They don't want their relationships to deteriorate just because somebody's involved in pornography. Yeah. And yet this all of this is going on in society at so many different levels. Some of it's so subtle. You and yeah. I have talked about the obvious things. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of subtle media push towards things that, Pastor Gary, has been shown over and over, destroys society. Yeah. 
Yeah. How do we never learn from history yeah. what happened to the, to the Roman Empire and some of these am, other empires that just went down these paths? Yeah. We just don't seem to learn. Yeah, yeah. No, look, that's. I, I really appreciate what you what you're actually uh, saying uh, saying there. But look, you know, I mean, uh, the whole issue of, uh, I suppose, you know, I mean, you've mentioned violence, and and I certainly would uh, would pick up on on that one uh, as well, because uh, uh, certainly we are within a uh, an environment now, and certainly, you know, I think of um, you know even even what you know. Um, uh, movies that are, are rated, you know, fa- with sometimes a fairly mild rating. You know, I, I think of the, you know, for example, the, the James Bond series. Yes, that's right. You know, the James Bond series is actually based on on two things. It's on a, uh, it's carefully choreographed violence, yes. um, with put in an action sequence, um, but it's also got, in addition to the violence, two things go together. If you ask a, you know, the average, you know, um, uh, Person, uh, what are the two things that stand out about the James Bond uh, movies? The number one will be uh, action and violence, and the number two will be uh, pretty girls. The women. The women. Uh, and, and significantly, it's always a, a young woman uh, with a really a middle-aged uh, James Bond. By beholding, we become changed. And, and, and so many of us have been involved in that. Yeah. Watching. And, and this is something that I'm conscious of. You know, I, I'm going to come to some scriptures in just a moment. But, uh, you know, uh, I think that it's important for us to actually realize that both this issue of violence and uh, even... Uh, Mild pornography, should I, uh, to, to put it that way, uh, has actually been normalized yes. within our media environment. Uh, it is not something that any of us can avoid. In fact, to, 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 to avoid it, you have to go out of your way. Mm-hmm. You have to intentionally plan as to how you can avoid it. Well, I remember a song from years ago, horror movie right there on my TV and it was the six o'clock news. And, you know, they were making, they were saying how just even watching the news, if you want to watch channel nine or channel seven news, you are going to see all these things that we're talking about to one degree or another. Yeah. Yeah. And it's influencing society. And when you think about, you know, you shouldn't have invited a woman on this program, Pastor Gary, but when you think about how many women are murdered every week here in Australia Mm. and, and we talk about any form of violence, it's not, it's not the way a society can work together and have a balance. And yet it's so common in the media, all Mm. forms of violence. Mm. Mm. It's, it really becomes a, a training ground, doesn't it? You know, I mean, if you think about it, you know, the way that the, uh, you know, airline pilots are trained by putting them in a simulator. Uh, and you have, uh, uh, screen, they're surrounded by screens and they're taught how to fly to, uh, the, the aeroplane simply by Sitting in the, uh, the the controls of uh, uh, of a simulator. Now we're able to do that, and we're we're conscious that only at the very end do you actually put a, pl- a pilot in the in the aircraft to do his training, because most of the training is actually done in a simulator. And yet uh, we then are prepared to say that uh, violence uh, that we see through the media, that we play with on video gaming technology, uh, that we uh, the sexuality that uh, we uh, uh, is just become normative in our in our media environment. 
actually doesn't have an impact on us. I, I, I'm afraid I don't see the logic on this particular on this particular subject. I, uh, I, I but anyway, know. come back to you. I'm sorry, Lindy. No, on. no, this is this is good. I I was thinking too about uh, Bill Muhlenberg. I don't know if people know of him. He's written a number of books. He's got a Bachelor of Honours in philosophy, and he's written a lot of things about the society that we're living in and how the family is being mm. destroyed in one way or another. And again, through pornography or mild pornography, soft pornography, whatever you want to call it, Pastor Gary, and through any forms of violence, uh, a family unit is suffering. Yeah. And so, look, it's there's a lot of studies out there and some people are trying to say that violence on the screen doesn't affect us. And then others are saying that it it risks us detaching ourselves from the plights of suffering people. Look, even to watch the news all the time, even to watch the news all the time where, you know, when I grew up, people were starving in all these different countries. And I think over a period of time you're exposed to that, you become a bit dead to well, the reality a of it. There's a desensitization, desensitization that does actually right. take place. And, and this is something that I know uh, myself, you know, if uh, if in fact I, uh, I expose myself to something that has got, you know, I, even mild violence to it, uh, I actually find difficulty sleeping at night. Okay. And, uh, and so it impacts deeply uh, on, uh, on me. And, and I've learned that if I want to sleep at night, you know, I'm interested that the scriptures actually say, you will hold him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. I don't know how many people there are who go to particularly, I think, of horror movies. I'm I'm horrified when I hear, hear of another horror movie coming out because mm. young people go along there and they wonder, why is it that uh, I I can't sleep at night? Why, ha- why do I have all these troublesome thoughts? Why is it? It's because of, of that which is... C- Put that which has been put exactly. in is actually working its way out uh, in a uh, in a similar manner. Exactly, and like focus on the family have written many stories of people who've watched horror movies and then they have nightmares for months. You know, yeah. young girls or go to a friend's place, have a yeah. sleepover, and different families have different. Yeah. Values of yes. what is appropriate. Yes. And so, and then there's children who who they see, they hear words on the on a program. I mean. There's nothing sacred on, on some of the programs now. Yeah, yeah. And then they start talking like it. And again, some of those words, they indicate a level of anger and violence to me. Yeah. 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 And, and look, this is, this is something. If in fact we go, I'm going to suggest because we're going to go to a song in a moment, but I want to come back to the biblical foundation just after the, after the break. But what I am, I'm increasingly conscious of is that if we are going to be biblical Christians, uh, it has, it's really come time where, uh, I think many of us, uh, need to be saying, uh, this is totally inappropriate, both for me and my family. It's not just a matter of being inappropriate for my children. It's also inappropriate for me Absolutely. to be involved in, uh, in this, in this material. Absolutely. But there is hope. Pastor Gary, if we've been involved in those things, it says in 1 Corinthians, 
Uh, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Yeah. So there's hope for us if we've been involved in those things. Yeah. Yeah. And look, thank you so much for adding that. That that is actually so important. And we're going to come back to you in just uh, just a moment. Look, let's just come to some uh, some music because we are already moving towards the uh, the top of the hour. This is uh, uh, this is uh, a beautiful song, the Bessie Choir. Uh, I want Jesus. Um, more than anything uh, please enjoy
course, is a Bessie Choir. I want Jesus more than anything. I want Jesus anything more than uh, even the media. Everything the media is feeding us uh, in this uh, in this world. Now, guys, look, we do have a giveaway. This is a fantastic giveaway. Uh, this is a, a little booklet. It's not a big booklet. Uh, once again, it's entitled Values Led Lives. Now, uh, this is by uh, Lou Lou Edwards, and uh, this beautiful uh, little little book uh, just simply starts to describe how does Jesus has asked the question how does Jesus want us to think and act and more particularly how can I have the power to think and act the way Jesus wants us to think and act because so often we make a new year's resolution and the new year's resolution actually falls flat uh, how can how can that actually be be avoided uh, this book is a real beauty values led lives i'd recommend it to you uh, please folks uh, this isn't just dealing with with media but it's talking about the values that uh, are are thoroughly biblical uh, for a person who wants to follow a, a Christ-centered life. Uh, now, look, if you'd like this book, Values Led Lives by Lou Edwards, all you need to do is to uh, text us at our drive time text number, and it's 04888 80811, 04888 80811. And all you need to do is put into uh, that uh, that text uh, the uh, the code, and the code for today is SA133, just five digits in a row, no gap there, just SA133, and uh, that'll go through to our robot, and uh, he'll come back to you and get some information so that uh, we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, way possible. Uh, the book, again, is Values Led Lives by Lou Edwards. Woods, a real ripper of a of a little book, and the drive time to text number is oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. I believe you'll greatly love uh, this uh, uh, this book. Uh, love to be able to share that uh, share that with you. Now, of course, folks, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary, and guiding us through our discussion today is Lindy Sperring, who is the Prayer Ministries leader and the resource. Centre Director uh, for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in uh, in South Oz. And this week we've been following the theme, the Bible and the media in a post-biblical culture. And today we're considering what about mild violence and soft porn? You know, one of the things well, I'm just so conscious of is that uh, many, uh, certainly Bible-believing Christians, uh, will be uh, quite uh, quite comfortable to, uh, to say, look, you know, I mean the extreme end there is something they'd never become involved in. But what about the you know the softer end you know what about the uh, the soft uh, soft porn what about mild violence you know how, how should we regard that uh, now to me this is this is the key to this entire subject dealing with this end if this end is uh, is dealt with then uh, obviously the uh, the more extreme end is naturally uh, naturally excluded now now Lindy look let me just see if I can just sort of just throw a couple of things at you if I if I can and you know firstly what I'd just like to do is just look at our, our biblical foundation and I want us to come to actually three texts if we uh, if we possibly uh, possibly can now I want to come firstly to uh, to Genesis chapter 4 and verse uh, uh, and verse 7 and um, this is a situation where it's actually the 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 
the issue of the the very first murder. There's never been a murder on the earth before. This is the uh, the situation leading up to uh, uh, to Cain uh, murdering uh, Abel, uh, and uh, he God, was angry first. Pastor he was he Gary. was angry first. He was angry first. He it's was, a good thing to remember that, isn't it? He was angry first, and this is what the passage says because God, I believe, says something here, and this, of course, is talking about violence because that's exactly what murder is. Mm. Uh, so uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 6 says this, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Uh, and, of course, anger is some, a state of the mind. And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, then sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Mm. Now, what is this text saying about this subject of violence? Well, here's these brothers, Cain and Abel, almost in competition with each other. And Cain obviously becomes very upset and jealous or angry. And, but he's, he's being told by God that you have got a choice now. You yep. have a choice. You can make a choice. It's your, you can will to do what is right. Rule over this desire or this anger that is starting to take over you. You have a choice. Mm -hmm. And Cain obviously perhaps didn't listen to the Lord, did he? He, he didn't listen to the Lord. And, you know, obviously, I mean, God, but the thing that really jumps out to me about this particular passage is that uh, God is saying to a, to a man, to, to Cain, that, uh, you know, his anger is, if you like, wanting to get the better of him, but he says, you should rule over it. Now, mm-hmm. look, a lot of our, a lot of people in our world today would turn around and say, well, actually, my trouble is, is that, uh, you know, I just fly off the handle. I yes. don't, I, I, I don't have any control no of my, you know, I mean, I mean, it's all right for me to say, hey, look, you know, is, uh, you know, this, this anger thing, control it, but, I think most, many people would say, I can't. I mean, how would you respond to that? Well, I think, first of all, Pastor Gary, parents need to teach it a little bit for their children. When you're growing up, you need to learn certain things. And as you practice them, it gets easier. Ah, that's important. That's important. Practice uh, resisting and not going, because it's not a sin to be angry. The Bible says, you know, um, be angry, but don't sin in that. So we yeah, can feel yeah. fired up. Look, I get angry about things that happen in the media to people. So yeah. it's not the sin to be angry, but he's saying, but now sin is at the door with this anger and you have to rule over it. You have a choice. In other words, you have the authority yes. to rule over this thing. Exactly. How I react is actually not the other person's uh, problem. No. It's my problem. It's your choice. I used to say it to my children. Don't come home whinging about others. It's how you react is your choice. Okay. Okay. So in other words, this, a lot of this comes back to personal responsibility, doesn't it? It does. Certainly. Okay. Look, to, to me, that's the first foundation. And certainly when I've certainly spoken on this particular subject, that's a foundation that I believe it's really important to lay mm-hmm. in the day and the age in which we're living, living today. Uh, but look, there is another one. And to me, I think this one, uh, has certainly, you know, when I've, when I've been sharing on this subject, and this is actually found in the book of Job, and this is Job's, um, Job chapter 31. And what Job is doing here is protesting his innocence. Of course, Job is 
is a man who at this point has been, you know, he was a super rich man and as a result of the attacks of Satan, he had been uh, reduced to poverty, his family had been killed, his assets had been taken from him. This man and his his friends are talking to him. Uh, and uh, in Job chapter chapter 31, uh, he, he starts to talk about his own life in the past and he starts to talk about his own innocence. Mm-hmm. And this is what he says. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust upon a young woman. What God has chosen for us that our inheritance from the Almighty on high. He's talking, he, he talks about this, uh, this entire passage. He actually goes on for about half a chapter here. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that he, he, he is repetitious on, uh, is, uh, this, uh, this issue, um, in, in verse nine. If my heart has been seduced by a woman, if my heart has been seduced by a woman, uh, or if I've lusted for my neighbor's wife, then may my wife belong to another man. Mm. You know, here he is that I'm really interested what Job, how he just starts off. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust upon a young woman. Now, so he's made a choice here, hasn't he, Pastor Gary? He hasn't just given in to lustful thoughts and desires and, and behaviors. He's actually made a decision. He has made, and I believe that this is so important. He has made a decision. He has, if you like, put blinkers on his eyes. He said, I have made a decision that I want to walk in a particular, uh, in a particular type of, uh, type of way. And when his uh, friends come to him and accuse him and say, you are a sinner, Job, Job is able to respond to them and he's able to say, well, actually, this is how I've actually operated in my life. And you know, I, I, I love this because what we, what I find is that Job is, um, Job is a, is a human like me and all others on this world. Yes. You know, he's got the same sinful propensities. You know, sometimes, you know, we look at, look at Jesus and say, well, he was a, a little bit special and he, he was special. But you know, Job, he was just like you and me. Mm. And, and yet Job is able to say, I took a decision and I am Innocent. Now, uh, you know, I, I realize that there's some theology behind this and you might, you know, people might talk about it and might discuss it. But to me, I think there's two vitally important principles here. Back in Genesis, we find God saying to a sinful man about the issue of violence, uh, you need to take responsibility and you need to rule over it. Rule over. Uh, here in the book of Job, Job is saying, uh, even though he is a, sin- a sinful man, he says, I took a covenant with my eyes that I would be responsible for my my life. And, you know, there's only just... He knew it would impact his life. He knew it would impact his marriage, his family. He understood, it seems to me, that it would impact if he didn't make that covenant. And that's exactly what comes out in this passage. You know, the last uh, the, the last text I, I just want to bring uh, bring to you is uh, uh, is in uh, Matthew chapter 5. And uh, this, of course, is Christ talking. And I'm conscious we're coming to the far top of the hour. So I'm, I'm having, having to speed here. But uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse uh, 27, this is something that I often, uh, you know, when I'm, I'm sharing on this subject, I often talk to, to people about. You have heard um, uh, that the law of 
Moses says, and do not commit adultery. But I say to you, anyone who looks at a woman to lust to her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even if it's your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body uh, to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even if it's your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, I, I have a bit of fun with this uh, often when I'm uh, talking to, uh, you know, maybe university age uh, students and I, I say, look, you know, what's actually going on here? You know, and I, you know, and, and I produce my keys and, you know, or a pen and perhaps, you know, I mean, you know, who's going to start gouging out their eyes? Well, of course, they're missing the entire point when you, when you do that. What's actually occurring here? And I, I actually suggest it to the, to the students. What Christ is actually saying, this is a little bit of a parable. Uh, what he's saying is that I want you to take the most extreme action necessary mm. to deal with this thing called sin. Yes. Now, you know, Lindy, to me, and I'm just so conscious we're down to the last, the last two minutes, to some people, that means that there's some uh, websites that they have to take totally off their computer. Absolutely. That means that there's some software that people have to delete. Absolutely. Uh, in other words, what Christ is doing is there are some things here that need to be chopped off. We're not talking physical arms, but we are talking things which uh, are making the are making my mind go in a direction that I have chosen Absolutely. that I don't actually want to go. Absolutely. Uh, look, there's so much more we could actually say about this, but I'm conscious my time is almost gone. i just like to have prayer. Uh, yes, can we read this, Philippians 4, 8? Please do. So beautiful. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on, on these, these things. things. I love pray. that scripture. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for being the almighty God. Lord, I pray that indeed uh, you might become Lord of our lives. Mm. Lord, may we, you be a greater, a, a greater power than all the media can throw at us. Lord, we give ourselves again to you at this time and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Lindy Sparing on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan uh, will lead us as they ask, how do I guide my children through the media jungle? Really look forward to being with you then. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God abundantly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 